0: Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am
1: one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Skorstad. Together we have combed through
0: book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion.
1: The book of the moment for today's episode is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Robin Wall Kimmerer is a mother scientist, decorated professor, and enrolled member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. She lives in Syracuse, New York, where she is a SUNY Distinguished Teaching Professor of Environmental Biology and the founder and director of the Center for Native Peoples and the Environment.
0: She said, look at my list of things I got going for me. (laughs) Um, Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding this book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, as a botanist, Robin Wall Kimmerer has been trained to ask questions of nature with the tools of science. As a member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation, she embraces the notion that plants and animals are our oldest teachers. In Braiding Sweetgrass, Kimmerer brings these lenses of knowledge together to show that the awakening of a wider ecological consciousness requires the acknowledgement and celebration of uh, of our reciprocal relationship with the rest of the living world. How many big words in one sentence? I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> for only when we can hear the languages of other beings are we capable of understanding the generosity of the earth and learning to give our own gifts in return. Without further ado, let's get into it. Um, I... So this, I told you, like, one of my goals for this year is to read one <laughs> non-fiction. nonfiction book per month, and I failed in January. But I've continued to not fail as okay. of the last two months. Um, what, did you so re- what did you read in February? We read Born a Crime in February. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, look at that. Okay. So,
1: look, the podcast has really been keeping
0: me uh, See, up okay. on my
1: nonfics. <laughs> the thing is, I think with like, there's a difference between Born a Crime and this. Like, Born mm-hmm. a Crime did not feel like a nonfic.
0: Yeah, it felt like a story.
1: Yeah, and this was like was very okay, sciencey. Science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I was cautious going into this because obviously, like, it it's the science science is on the cover, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm prepared for um, learning this being smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I. F- when I started it, I was like, ooh, I really like the writing style. Mm-hmm. And I also, I don't know if, did you listen to the audiobook too or no? I did.
1: I did. Okay.
0: I loved Walker uh narrated the book. She was the
1: one who narrated?
0: Yes, yeah, she narrated the book.
1: Oh. She okay. has
0: this, like, such a sweet voice you know i I was like
1: i thought multiple times i'm like i love this narrator the voice is perfect (laughs) and the
0: reason why it was perfect was because she was reading her own writing yeah um i just thoroughly was like oh wow this is like i feel like someone's telling me like all of this stuff and i know very much like
1: (laughs) exactly no i know but like it, it feels like like I don't know. I feel like there was the imagery was beautiful. Yes. Like mm-hmm. literally painting these images in your head. And I'm like, it felt multiple times like sitting around a campfire and hearing mm-hmm. this like indigenous knowledge. And I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm out in nature with her and like learning about what we should be doing and how horribly we fucked up. And. Like, oh,
0: I, I feel you. I've the whole time. I was very aware of myself <laughs> It oh, made yeah. me very aware of, like, you know, living in a city and my mm-hmm. own capitalist uh, tendencies and yeah. my wastefulness and where is my reciprocity with the earth? And it,
1: there was I was feeling one, guilty. <laughs> yeah, there was one part. It was she was talking about how like she just feels so at home when she's surrounded by nature and mm-hmm. back with the earth and everything like that, and. She talked about her ex-husband and how he was like, I feel at home in the city. And he said like his, but specifically his car. And like he goes, I love, like I feel at home in my car. Like it gives me everything I need. And I go from point A to point B and it's comfortable and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then she was like, he eventually tried to kill himself in that car. Right. And I was like, ooh. I did
0: not realize that was her ex-husband. I thought it was someone else.
1: I think it was her ex. I'm like 90% oh, sure it was her that ex-, ex. That makes that all the more sad. Yeah. And um, and I was like, <laughs> every time that I have said I feel most myself and most at home in like New York City, just like flash through my head. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Am no, me I too. so disconnected from like what it is to be human? Yeah. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> I also recall like as a child, I was very much like the nature kid. Mm, like mm-hmm. I want I watched all those survival shows yeah. on Nat Geo with my dad um yeah <laughs> like, when we we went camping all the time and we had like a yearly family camp out with my whole family and stuff and I was like always the 8-year-old who wanted to start the fire right mm-hmm. in a different way every year because I was a little sociopath um mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just like, if this really made me reflect on like, wow, I really have no connection to nature anymore, yep, at yeah. all.
1: like Even-
0: I would avoid nature now, probably exactly
1: like-, <laughs> like I don't like what happened? I think growing up, I always like I was very much like I did all the sports and everything like that, yeah, but, um, and then, like growing up near the beach, like going to the beach all the time, and like also all the every winter we would go to mammoth, um, go to the mountains, go skiing, snowboarding. In the summer we would go to mammoth and go hiking and mountain biking and backpacking. Mm-hmm. And I think even then, like I it was like, oh I'm like not like other girls like in that. <laughs> yeah, sense. Me too. Uh-huh. yeah. Like it was very much that pick me like it's cool to do this. Like it makes me like it sets me aside because I like being outside and I like getting dirty and stuff. I never liked getting dirty. I hated Camping, backpacking, because I hate going to sleep knowing, feeling so dirty. Mm -hmm. There is, and so I was like, is that something I can, like, work on (laughs) and be more like Robin or whatever and just being, like, at home in that feeling, I guess? Mm -hmm. But, or, like, is that just who I am? Is that a product of the society I'm in? or is that just like who i am who i am as a person that like i just can't do that cuz like even as a little kid it would make me anxious doing that and i was never really mm-hmm. in the moment like as an 8 year old being outside you know Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I have, like also was the, the, the tomboy kind of gal
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a child.
1: Uh, I Because <laughs> we were taught to reject femininity at all costs. Yeah, I
0: hated the color pink until <laughs> yep. literally two years ago. And yep. now it's my whole personality. Mm-hmm. But that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> but I also, I, I never felt, like, anxious to, like, in getting dirty. Like, mm-hmm. I think I I... Maybe I trained myself to like that feeling because I thought it made me more likable. I also, to be fair, grew up in a a family where I was the only girl out of all Mm -hmm. of my cousins and siblings and stuff. So maybe that potentially had something to do with like, oh, well, the boys do this, so I can do that too, right? Mm -hmm.
1: And I can do it better. (laughs) And I can
0: do it better. And I always did. But I, I feel like now, even the idea, like, I, I have friends here in Portland who are like, oh, let us know if you want to go, like, hiking this weekend, <laughs> I'm like, no I don't even have a shoe to go hiking first yeah. of all like I what do you even wear hiking like I don't know and I, what does that mean like <laughs>
1: what do I you love mean by hiking I used to go on hikes too like, I love what? the idea of hiking and yeah. then I go on a hike and I'm like why I'm never doing this again
0: yeah I, I feel like I've become such a, a city dweller in all senses of the word like mm-hmm. I just if there's like I wear a heel boot almost everywhere, right? Yeah. Except maybe on a coffee run or to the gym, right? Then I'll wear a shoe, like a sneaker. But mm-hmm. like I and I hate getting dirty now. Now mm-hmm. I hate, like I'm a I'm a uh, for, since I was a young teen, I've been a shower twice a day kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> call that anxiety, what you will. Um, uh, but but now I I can't even imagine like go like maybe glamping
1: (laughs) like if there's a shower yeah if there's a
0: shower sure like I don't care about sleeping like on a rocky surface like I mean a little bit I have I have a fucked up back but yeah but I would do it still I I, it's not like lack of yeah if if I'm clean I'm exactly there with you I just I
1: don't don't know and like I'm like fuck like she's so right too I'm like maybe the solution to all of my problems is just to like somehow whatever i have to do to become at peace with being just like a part of the earth and having that like reciprocal relationship and just like i'm like how can i get to the feeling of being at home and not have that anxiety oh my god i'm so dirty there are bugs everywhere Mm -hmm. there are like uh, like even trying to lay in like on a blanket in grass or something outside I'm like I feel things crawling on me right now Mm -hmm. and I like how do I become at peace with that and make that like a positive feeling I don't know how
0: no I feel the exact same and it really makes me sad yeah because I never thought that I like if I look back at my younger self I never thought that I would be in this position now
1: Mm -hmm. where
0: I'm like a material girl, like, yeah. <laughs> literally, and, and I I can't fathom wanting, like, the idea in my mind, right, like you said, like, of hiking sounds cool, mm-hmm. the idea to, like, have made it to a really beautiful spot and be, like, looking out on nature, that sounds amazing, right? but, like, the sweat and the dirt yeah. and the bugs do not, and I feel guilty because those are all natural things, I'm a natural being in a material girl world. That is all like fabricated, you know? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Feels bad. Feels bad. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely a bit of a wake up call and a mm-hmm. very harsh look in the mirror. <laughs> um, cause, like, I've, I mean, back to the book itself, but yeah. like, I've seen this on Book Talk a lot, actually. And that's how I, because I was the one who recommended it, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it, and, like, people would say, like, This book changed my life. This was so beautiful. This was like, please, if you don't read anything else, just read this book. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get it. It's like, fuck, if ever. Can you imagine if every human with an open heart and an open mind actually read this book? Yeah. Yeah.
0: For real. For real. You know what it made me think of, too, is um, like all of those memes that are like, like, Man, we were—we have this beautiful earth with, like, the most gorgeous flowers and all this beautiful nature and everything like that. And somebody invented money.
1: Yeah. Like, why? For what? <laughs> you did this for what?
0: <laughs> yeah, you did this literally for what? Like, it, it, yeah. it it's so depressing to see, like, from a perspective of someone who truly cares about, like, what their relationship with the earth and the, the natural world is to being... To to like seeing how capitalism has ruined everything, basically, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just really made me sad, and it made me really like it gave me a different perspective too on like, especially buying groceries in a city. Mm-hmm. Like how she remember how she was talking about being at like a kind of like a farmers market type vibe, and the people all realized she was like a regular and stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and so
0: eventually they would be like, "Oh no, it's free. You don't need yeah. to pay for that." Yep. Fill your basket. And then she was like, well, now I'm not going to grab extra just because it's free.
1: I'm exactly. Just
0: take. And I was like, man, yeah, my consumerism is through the roof. Yeah. And I should probably check myself a little bit.
1: Yeah. It was, and it just, like, when she was talking about the strawberries and stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. they aren't meant to be sold. It's a gift from the earth. And then, right. you like, just that whole idea of, like, taking what these plants and these systems that have been in place mm-hmm. naturally for like millions of years billions i don't, I don't know like how long like very 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 long time <laughs> many many years before we ever came along and then we came along and we like indigenous populations us many 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 years ago our very distant ancestors and for some not so distant mm-hmm. like knew how to have this relationship with what the earth gave and how they gave things back right like both like it was like it was so interesting reading about like the the experiment they did with the sweet grass and how it was ultimately proven that like when it was tended to and harvested it flourished as well Mm -hmm. and so it's like this mutual mutualistic relationship it was like I don't it's just learning about that and how the um, ph the actual like dean of the college was like no harvesting is damaging like that's literally proven like the right ecology like high very like highest educated person who's in charge of like approving the PhD like research and stuff was like oh no like it's already proven like that and it's like well actually in this indigenous knowledge. This is how we know how to do it, and this Mm -hmm. is how it works better. So, like, they did a two-year study on it and came back with, here's your proof now. Here's your data. Will you listen to us now? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, like, it's a huge, like, just reading this was like, oh, my God. These Like, how we think of science and math and all Mm -hmm. of these, what we consider knowledge And what we consider to be like the smartest people and stuff could just have it totally backwards and prop like in a lot of ways very much do have it totally wrong. And I don't and like I really liked how she constantly was saying, like, we are the new ones. Like the plants and the animals and the stuff, they have been here for so much longer than we have. And like we should be learning from them. Mm -hmm. And like, why, who are we to think that we are the most, like, advanced or whatever on this earth? It's like, no, we're, we're the babies and we're yeah. running around destroying everything because we're not <laughs> learning from the things that have been here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was
0: very frustrating to, 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 to just think about, like, the sheer amount of people who don't way that Robin Walkimer has been taught to think you know what I mean like yeah. including and I
1: mean, myself exactly <laughs> like I'm like obviously someone who's like oh my god climate change we have to do something like what's happening to the earth is horrible like mm-hmm. but it is and it's like but I also kind of have this like mindset of eventually the earth is going to recover like long after we're gone mm-hmm. you know but it's like oh it's more so because like it's going to kill us And, like, eventually the Earth, like, will, it's been here, it was here far before we were, and it, like, it it will eventually recover from what Mm -hmm. we do. But, like, like, I don't have the day-to-day, like, I am living on this planet in harmony with the Earth itself and with every other being that's on here, including the friggin' rocks and mountains and plants and... yeah ants and like salamanders and all of these things and yeah it's just like it's made me want to maybe take it i can start small maybe i'll just take a moment every day to actually be like i am here i am a part of this like
0: bigger thing yeah this web yeah Yeah. absolutely I, i i found um especially uh, moving was what were they trying to? Ah, uh, there was a part where she like had some of her students, or maybe it was her family, and they were trying to. It was like a migration moment for mating for like frogs. Question
1: mark. It was the um like it was salamanders getting across salamanders. The, okay, um, yeah, the, the road. road, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and uh, then there were these other students who were there that they ran into who were helping to document and help them move across. But the thing was to prove that this was an issue, mm-hmm. they needed to have a number of deaths. So they had like, to
1: stand back and watch it yeah, happen. Yeah. Right.
0: Versus like helping in a way that would, you know, have been changed. Robin,
1: Robin and some of her, I don't know who else was there. They were right. there to just help. And yeah. then the students come and they're like, we need to Just let it happen and document the deaths, Mm -hmm. so that we can present that information and be like, "Hey, we have to do something about this." Mm -hmm. But it's like, so it was like, "Ooh, what do you do?" This moral kind of dilemma. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you help in the moment, or Mm -hmm. do you let nature take? Well, I wouldn't even. It's not even nature nature. taking. Yeah, that's the thing. Humans are killing them with machines on accident. Um, So, but, but to help the future exactly oh man
1: that chapter was really interesting i actually like have a passage from that um because it's the what was what are the words she used um uh, the collateral who is the collateral and it was the fact like all of those small little critters and that those that is the collateral collateral and like we are here we are here Ooh, and that like that kind of struck, pulled on the heartstrings a little bit, if yeah. you will.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I th- I found it really like there were very many of these moments while I was reading that were similar to that, where
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was like, yeah, what do you do about that? You know, what what is the? There's no right answer, technically, mm-hmm. in that because mm-hmm. you're you're two, it's two different. Things that you're trying to focus on, you know, in the moment or in the future, basically.
1: Yeah. I, okay, so back to like the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. I love that she started with the creation stories. Yeah, yeah. me too. I that have was like just all like, of those tabbed. Yes. Yeah. And because like I'm obsessed with creation stories and I've actually learned about that one specifically, um, Sky Woman, and mm-hmm. we're on Turtle Island. Yeah. And, um, cuz I had an English class at my community college and it was all about creation stories and so we had to do everybody did projects on one and we got to like submit them and everyone could go through them and it was really cool um but I'm a, like I really really love not love but I'm like I have this um thing about Eve specifically and mm-hmm. just how um I don't just like the way that we have made that story. Just like I feel like that's like the umbrella under which everything is fucked up in Western society. <laughs> and, okay. Um, because and like it was the same thing of like comparing Eve's story in the Garden of Eden to Sky Woman and how she, she's ultimately like making a home here, one with everything, and she is a part of it and stuff. Whereas like Eve was. The Garden of Eden was not her home, and she ate from the the apple that, like, was not ultimately caused all of this harm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Sky Woman, it was such a more like we like harmonizing story, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like Eve was, um, what was the wording she used? It was Eve was. It was on it was literally page seven, but like she was an outsider. There and like she has been, and she was like ultimately exiled from this earth ultimately, and she like her eventual home is not here. Like she is just passing through this. Whereas with Sky Woman is like this, like her ancestors are going to be here. This this is her home now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas like Eve, it's about Eve eventually getting back to heaven. Right, and so it's like, how are we supposed to? treat this like our home as it is our home if like so many people believe this isn't our eventual our like end all place right know? and yeah. it's just like how the undertones of those stories affect everything else right i love that i was like oh shit this is so cool Not i think cool. it was
0: also a great way to open up the book like you yeah. said, like a of a- this is the beginning yeah Yeah. exactly that's what i was trying to say yes i just found i found that um maybe it's like a storytelling gene you've got but like robin wall kimmerer just did this so masterfully like Mm -hmm. i just really from beginning to end like it took me a while to get through this book but not for the fact that it was like not good no like i don't i hate like taking a long time on a book that's good because it feels like Oh, I must not have liked it that much if I didn't, like, consume it in a day. But there was science shit in here, okay? Yeah, there, like, were, there, was...
1: <laughs> there were parts that were, like, harder to digest because it was like, yeah. oh, shit, I'm, like, my brain is on and I'm learning. I'm yeah. not just, like, blowing through a story. Yeah, yeah. there's
0: not, like, a, a smutty romance going on, no. right? It's like, no. oh, yeah, now I'm being forced to think about my own, you know, Mm-hmm. life and relationship with the world and how I have not really helped at all with the reciprocity between the humans and
1: in nature, fact I know? have only heard
0: <laughs> yeah yeah literally so it was it was a it, it took me qu- literally two weeks to read this book um yeah. but I really thoroughly enjoyed the course of the book mm-hmm
1: I How think, it was like, organized? And, yeah, yeah, I think
0: everything was really laid out in a way that was like, okay, well, now remember what I told you last chapter or two chapters ago or in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Now apply that knowledge again here, and it was kind of like, oh shit, you know,
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> everything's connected. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I also found it just really interesting to read her perspective because it, it's very unique to have both the indigenous knowledge Mm -hmm, systems mm -hmm. perspective combined with also i you know am a biologist
1: like (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly i am a western scientifically trained like i did the education that puts people usually in this like she talked a lot about separating the subject from the observer Mm -hmm. and how most scientists do that and like even when she went to go interview to go to school. She had all these questions of like, I want to know why the I forget the name, but like the purple flowers always grow next to the yellow ones and all this stuff. And he was like, okay, well you're better fit for art school, I guess. Like, that's not what we're here to do. And she eventually realized, she goes, a real scholar would have appreciated my questions. And like, yeah, I think she she learned to bridge her two perspectives and bring Mm -hmm. in and like really make those like the indi- indigenous perspective and knowledge complement ways of learning in like a more classic academic environment, which was right. really cool. Mm-hmm. But like she definitely experienced a lot of the people who were not willing to do that and just yeah. thought it was stupid.
0: Well, and even and, isn't isn't that the same professor who like when she was heading into like a or writing a letter of recommendation or something or remarks about one of her grades or something, he was like Well, she's actually quite bright for an Indian,
1: right? Something like that. Oh, yeah, fuck him. Wasn't he the same guy? Yeah. That's
0: such a... And I I can't imagine to be in, like, an academic environment like that and just have... Like, you know stuff. It's not that you don't know stuff. And you just have people who, just because they have a shiny piece of paper with Mm -hmm. a degree, right, and in these topics like look down on you for having a different yet similar understanding of you know the the natural world i just thought like how frustrating to, yeah but that's why i really like appreciate what she was determined to do she was like well i'm gonna bridge the gap i'm gonna mm-hmm. find the way to make both of these knowledge systems make work uh, make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was really interesting Before we move on to discuss the rest of braiding sweetgrass, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. All right, let's continue the conversation. Uh, what else happened? I read this book. Uh, it's been a like a week since I finished it. So I and I didn't take notes.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. I. What else? Oh, you know what? What I really liked too is mm-hmm. um. So she she talks a lot about like how her students and stuff and like when she took her students out into the real world. It was like at first she was trying to convince people. To care and to actually love and, like, love plants and stuff. And then she was like, plants are the teachers. Like, I need to take them out to plants, you know. And while it didn't always do exactly what she wanted, what she found was every time she took them out without fail, someone would start singing. And they would all start singing something together. Right. All the students. And I thought that was so cool. And, like, because, like, the first time it happened, she was, like, in the Bible Belt and she uh-huh. had convinced the school that she was teaching at to take kids on this, um, like, field trip, all this stuff, like, back into the Great Smoky Mountains, all this stuff. And she was so determined to, like, make it work with these pe- these kids who were, like, God made this. Like, God made it all. And she's, like, mm, mm, well, um, <laughs> and, like, eye twitching, like, ah, but... <laughs> Like As they were making their way back to the buses, one of them started singing Amazing Grace and then they all kind of went and got into it. And like she just saw that as such a like, okay, maybe they're not really in the same boat of where I'm at, I guess. And it wasn't exactly what I was going for. But they came to like, they got that inner peace of being outside in nature and it came out in that way. And then as she continued to do it, like, take students out, at one point or another, everybody would start singing together. Yeah. And I just thought that was so cool. And, and like, that's such a testament to, like, no matter who you are, if you spend enough, like, and I I do think at some point, if I were to force myself to just go outside and, like, make it happen, Mm -hmm. I would also have this urge to start singing. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I know. You know what this book really made me want to do too is like I've been. It's kind of hard to do when you live in a studio apartment, but mm-hmm. I've been like really wanting to grow my own herbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I don't really get a lot of sunlight with the mm-hmm. way my unit faces. But I'm like, what if like, what if my building started like a garden on the roof or something? Like there's <gasps> that would so, be there's so, so much cool. space up there that's not actively being used and stuff. It really made me think like man, maybe, like, there's something we I could do within my community to, like...
1: And she said that. Branch she out. Was like, mm-hmm. She was, like, what is the first step? And she's, like, start your own garden.
0: Yeah. Garden, yeah, that's like,
1: what... I've just been, like, damn, man, now I kind of want to do that, you know? Yeah. And you cook so much, especially for people who love yeah. cooking. And it's, like... And she found that, too, with her kids, with her daughters. Like, one of... Like, at first, it was, like, seen as chores mm-hmm. tending to the garden. And then it was, like... They would go out there and they'd be humming and they would, like, spend hours working yeah. on this garden. And, like, one of her daughters just had this beautiful garden of chiles and, like, all of these things mm-hmm. she was growing. And and she was, like, oh, it, and then she asked her, she asked her daughter, like, do you think your garden loves you back? And she was, like, yes, like, yeah, I do, yeah. And that that is, like, one thing. It's, like, for people who, like, I think the next step for so many people who are, like, I love nature. I love nature. It's, be, like, coming to this when you realize that love is, pers- like, reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. like, then like, the earth loves you back. Yeah. And it's, like, ooh. And when you finally, it's, like, to hear that is one thing. But, like, when you can actually reach a point, And, like, I'm not at that point. But, like. When you can reach that point of, like, full, like, undoubt, like, no doubt in your mind, like, yes, the Earth loves me back. Yeah. Like, oof. And then there were times, too, when she was talking to her students and she was, asked them, you know, like, do you think there are positive relationships between humans and the Earth? And nobody said yes. Because we've been growing up with, like, how do humans destroy everything, you know? Right. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and and she was shocked because, like, that's not how she learned. That's not how – in de- like, it's like, no, there can be and there are. And if you do it a different way, it 100% is a positive relationship for both of those involved, you know, yeah. the earth yeah. and the humans. And so she um, – at one point she asked, she was like, so, like, do you th- – she asked her students, like, do you love the earth? Do you think it loves you back? And, like, if you were to understand it loves you back, like, what what do you think would happen? And her students were, like, well, then you would think twice about, because you don't want to kill something that loves you.
0: Right. And she's like, shit. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point (laughs) that you made. (laughs) And, like, along the same line, she was, like, in, you know, native cultures and stuff, you... You consider the trees, the rocks, not as something, which is, like, even throughout this podcast, I've been saying things, but, like, as someone. Right. And they are everything, every, God, even everyone? I don't don't even know how I would even say that right now and, like, bridging my own understanding of what's around me Mm -hmm. to what, how she understands it. But it's, like, no, like, the rock is a living thing. The tree is. And everything is as equal as humans and you know there is no hierarchy everything is not a thing (laughs) essentially and that's this like similarly the students were like you would hesitate to kill something like that if you don't consider it an inanimate object Yeah, it makes you slow down and it's like so it's just how we've created these mindsets for the convenience of our own like Mm -hmm. Our own consumption and exploitation. Like, it's right. allowed us to have a disregard for, ev- like, our entire surroundings.
0: Yeah. I'm like, do I need to start, like, putting myself in nature more, like, in small doses?
1: I to, yeah, That's what I'm thinking.
0: Right? Like, like do I need to, like... I, like i live in a city surrounded by nature <laughs> like I'm. you are well. so like, close i know
1: <laughs> so close to so many beautiful yeah things uh not even it, things i'm like hating that I'm, <laughs> my brain is just like it's they're things I yeah you're
0: you're trying to unlearn something that you've been that you've known for for 23 years yeah exactly it's not an overnight thing that switches you know yeah um I I just feel like maybe, like, truly, this book has made me want to change the way that I actively look at the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Because on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I sit in front of a computer in an air-conditioned home, right, Mm -hmm. working for nine hours a day, right? Yeah. And then I proceed to lay down in the same air-conditioned room and play on my phone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of outdoor time in my day-to-day um, thing. And even when there is, it's like I'm walking on sidewalk and asphalt to go yeah. spend money for material items.
1: One thing that my sister does that, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't, I, th- I'm, I'll I, I'm, stay positive, but, like, she... <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: she does i was taking a sip of my coffee
1: (laughs) um she whenever she like she goes to the beach almost every day and but like every time she's on actual ground not asphalt or concrete or anything like that she walks barefoot to ground Mm -hmm. herself and she's like no like i want the like that connection that physical connection with like the actual earth the physical earth and herself and i'm like and i used to be like oh my god my sensitive feet could never like i wince right. every time i touch a rock or anything but I'm like oh shit she might have a point like actual that like grounding it's like literally grounding yourself
0: yeah
1: i don't know man i know but- and i
0: used to like i used to like be barefoot a lot when i lived in california Mm -hmm. Like anywhere I could, I probably was (laughs) Mm -hmm. like my dad'd be like, you know, you have to drive with the shoes on. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, like, what if you break down and you end up having to walk back, you know, whatever. Um, Right. uh, And I used to have like the craziest blisters over Mm -hmm. my feet. And that was never seen as something feminine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To have like just calluses and (laughs) stuff on your feet. Um, And I, like, I occasionally – this is just the weirdest tangent I'm about to go on. I occasionally now will, like, look at my feet and be, like, my feet look so feminine. But if I had to run without shoes on somewhere, I would be in some serious You would not survive in a YA fantasy. (laughs) If I did not have shoes, I could not uh, run away from anything. You know what I mean? And that is, like, at one level, like, what – at what point do we realize we're no longer – like living the way that we
1: probably should be yeah. yeah
0: like our our uh, every time i'm wearing like a a, a substantial heel right mm-hmm. and i'm in pain i'm like why my body naturally this is not-, not supposed to be happening <laughs> why am that i is such doing a good this point. right yeah. like why am i doing this to myself or when i'm you know i, I don't know when i'm tr- tr- trying to keep my back straight at mm-hmm. the same time in a heel and you're like this is going to cause me to have a serious back spasm tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) My body is not meant to be twisted and things like this. And, you know, I should be flat footed on the Mm -hmm. ground. Mm -hmm. The support is in the soles of my feet, not, you know, the shoes that I'm making myself wear to not hurt my feet because they're too delicate now,
1: right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: it's it's something that I really was thinking about, about just being like, man, like I used to, quite literally, like, walk up and down hot asphalt, like, probably wasn't the best thing for me either, <laughs> but, like, yeah. to walk from my parents' apartment to my grandparents' house up the street, like, I would never put shoes on, and now I'm, like, if, I, like, I don't even, I wear it slides in my wood-floored apartment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to wear slippers, <laughs> yep. Yes, because I can't, I don't like the way it feels when my feet are touching, like, slight Anything. litter crumbs <laughs> on the ground, right? Yeah. Like, like what does that say about me as a human? Like what my relationship to nature and the world is like zero. Yeah. <laughs> and how do I how do I push that up from 0 to 10, right? Mm-hmm. I also feel like lately I've been maybe it's since reading this book now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like do I want to be one of those crystal bitches too? Like yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I've been like so for example, right, I ordered I've ordered like a few things um off of Etsy recently
1: mm-hmm. that
0: for an occasion coming up Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um and a lot of them are like crystal based like i ordered a necklace for myself that has uh moss agate in it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the shop person like i mentioned that i because she people message you on etsy sometimes when you order things and i messaged her back and i was like oh yeah i'm actually gonna like be wearing this to enter insert significant event here Mm -hmm. and um and so when she sent my order, she included in the little box, like a little bag of um, crystals. And now I can't even think of what it is, but they mm-hmm. were like the crystal of success. Yeah. Because it's a romantic endeavor that I'm doing. And I was like, that's so cute, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's so, like, I, and then I was recently in a crystal shop here in Portland because re- what else do you do in Portland? Yeah, in Portland. Um, <laughs> yeah. Besides books and coffee, nature and crystals, I guess. Um, And I was just like, I wish that this was like my world, you know? You know,
1: okay. This, this, (laughs) just like kind of to tie it back to the actual book. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think just the concept too of going to a shop to buy crystals, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the commodify Mm -hmm. the way that it has become so commercialized is also so unnatural. Yeah, and selling. Things Rock. that came from the earth like yeah. rocks you know yep mm. it's not something you
0: made it's something that you gathered and then chipped away at to yep. make it marketable and then now you're selling it for like there was a crystal that like it was big like i understand that big usually means more expensive for mm-hmm. things like that but it was like two thousand yeah. dollars yep. and i was like what just
1: tell me where to go find it. Like yeah, I'll, I'll go, go sh-
0: I'll shine it myself. God damn yeah, it, right? Like <laughs> Exactly.
1: I don't know. And it's it's just so in- like if you actually take a step back and you're just like holy shit, we have made we have put a price tag on everything.
0: Yeah, every natural mm-hmm. you know, so- resource in the world has a price tag on it.
1: Mhm. And, and, it's, part,
0: and we treat it like a resource and like a yeah. thing and like a commodity, like you said. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, what? How did we go so wrong? And at this point, is there a way to
1: pull back? Like exactly, this was <laughs> for okay. the greater
0: society, you know,
1: it's so this was one of the lines that I tabbed Um, it was on page 374. I fear that a world made of gifts cannot coexist with a world made of commodities. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm.
0: That and that's huge. Yep. Man,
1: I wonder if I marked that too. Oh
0: no, I didn't. I had one. I had I tab very close to that. So yeah, I need to see. <laughs> yeah. I just I just now find myself feeling and and this was the kind of book again where when I put it down I'm still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I don't remember the whole thing, everything. But I'm, yeah, I'm still like. Man, you know, I at one point I was listening to the audiobook version of this book while owning the book, while walking down the street to go buy a coffee in a plastic cup that I'm going to throw away. Ah, yes. You know, like, uh, it just started making me feel like, damn, you know, I need to, I think I need to seriously reevaluate the way in which I interact with the Mm -hmm. world. Like, I already try to use reusable cups when possible, like, don't get me wrong, but... Things like this where I'm, like, I know I should be doing this. Like, we took environmental science classes in high school and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and in college. And it feels like, like, I recycle. But then at what point is that just, like, okay, well, you're still using
1: exactly those
0: plastics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like you're still hurting the earth more than you're helping the earth.
1: Yep. Yep. And there is and- – so, this also – I mean, maybe this is going to take it in a slightly different direction, but that's like, okay. <laughs> I also le- realized how little I have learned about like Native American history in a specific, like, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, learning about the process by which, you know, I like you learn about the Trail of Tears, essentially. Yeah. You learn about, the first Thanksgiving or whatever, which Mm -hmm. everything is a fucking lie. Like, I'm (laughs) at this point, I'm like, okay, how can I actually learn more about this in a way that's not had, like, a white person touch it, you know? I'm like, okay, time to to go to the source and actually learn from the people's history that it actually is. Um, And like, so learning about how her, like, I think it was her great-grandfather or Something how – or no, I don't remember now. But, like, just the process – what really broke my heart was learning about, you know, their reservations, their land getting smaller and smaller or, like, getting moved even and all this stuff. And then it came to a point where it's, like, either we're going to keep losing land or they're going to allow us to make it private property. Mm-hmm. And that happened sometime in the – was it in the ni- early nineteen hundreds or, yeah, it was in the nineteen hundreds I think. Uh, oh uh, no, I don't actually know. I take that back. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's in this book somewhere. So read the book and find out. But um, <laughs> and it was because private property was never a thing, and the way that they could survive right. on the land that they called home was to then make it theirs by law, which was like. Mm-hmm was not a concept that was a part of their culture at all, and in doing so was like forcing them to ad- like assimilate into what we decided is the way to do things and we meaning me as white person, you know mm-hmm. and i don't and like and I was just like reading this, and I'm like, oh my god, like I had no idea that this even was like a part of like i I don't know, like, just realizing how much you don't know and how much you should know to be, like, able to comment on present-day things, even. Yeah. Or, like, it's just like, oh, shit, okay, I have a lot to learn, and I really want to learn it because this is really important. And I feel so ashamed that I don't know it yet and that we should have – this is shit we should have – instead of learning about all the fucking California missions – in fourth, like, why did we, why are we not learning about this stuff? Like, oh my god. That's a great point,
0: actually. I yeah. forgot about California missions until you just said that, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of fucking building your own mission out of rice and beans, like, why don't we learn about this?
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, like, it also very much depends, um like, on where in the U.S. you're living to. I think with how aware you are at all times that you're on stolen land.
1: You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so
0: I think that's the reason why big cities, for example, are like almost a complete disregard for the land. Yeah. Right? I know, Because like- it doesn't resemble what it used to re- look like at all. Right? right? So there's a way of not only like whitewashing history as per usual, but mm-hmm. like making it look like nothing else existed before the white people.
1: Yeah. Like, I learned yesterday in one of my classes, actually. So, the UC San Diego campus, where I go to school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, a lot of the professors on the syllabus will say, like, I acknowledge I am on, we right. are on stolen land. And I'm like, okay, what else are you doing? I got, like, is that enough to just be acknowledging it? I, I, mm-hmm. I you know? And, like, they won't even say specific, you know, tribes Who's that land? were here. Yeah. Like, whose land is it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And... I know that there was some app I downloaded at some point and once I lost my phone and had to re-download things, I forgot what it's called. But there's an app you can use that actually maps out and will tell you based on your location whose land it is. Interesting. But but what's interesting is like even within that like like it's still applying this capitalist perspective yeah. on like because like they this never belonged believed to this somebody w- else. exactly right.
0: like and they didn't believe the long belong the the, the, land, but, belonged the land belonged to them no it was it, just the land that they coincided was, they coexisted with right yes
1: and had this relationship with mm-hmm. and was their home but it never belonged to them the same you know and oh my god it's just like it's all this stuff that makes my blood boil like i get so worked up over all of this and because it's just like i think Reading a book like this, it's, like, everything I've known is wrong. Everything Mm -hmm. I've been taught is wrong. And then it just kind of, like, you can, it sends you into this, like, existential crisis of, like, fuck, what else is wrong? What else is, yeah? like, how wary do I have to be about learning from a lot of sources and stuff Mm -hmm. when you learn something that completely, like, just shifts your perspective and you're like, Oh, like what can I trust? What can I actually learn from? And I don't know. And then, so like taking, so I learned yesterday specifically that like the UC San Diego campus is covered in eucalyptus trees Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful. They're huge. And they're like, it's absolutely like I've noticed them walking around the campus. They were planted there by like white um, investors when san diego was in consideration for the like the railroad like potentially okay. the east the railroad that was going to connect the east and west coast many oh, years okay. ago yeah. um transcontinental yes yeah, <laughs> trans, yeah transcontinental railroad um and it ended up being san francisco but they were considering san diego which like eventually they were like oh shit that's never going to work with like fucking like all the deserts and valleys and mountains and all that that are they go across the um it's like southern california and Mm -hmm. you know all that but so investors they planted all of these eucalyptus trees because they were going to use that wood for building the railroad oh so they're not native like (laughs) to the area (laughs) and it's i don't know and like It's, like, these things that we look around in our environment and stuff, and it's, like, I, like you said, it's, like, what would it look like if the white people didn't come in and just do with it what they wanted?
0: Yeah, make it unrecognizable. Yeah. And And, that's how you just completely erase a history.
1: Exactly. And, like, this, I noticed this, too. Southern Cal, like, we planted a shit ton. We've got all these palm trees, the way we've, Mm -hmm. like made it, like, curated it to look a certain way. And what's interesting, you go across the border to Tijuana Mm -hmm. and anywhere in Baja, California, which is the same land. It's the same region. Mm -hmm. It's the same. It looks completely different. Yeah. Because they have, like, they've done, they haven't done what we've done to curate something for consumption and for, like, visual appreciation, like, Looks like a certain way to make it look nice and make people want to spend more money to live here and blah 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 mm-hmm. all the shit. It is the same land and it looks so different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, oh. Ah. I
1: know. Mm,
0: yeah. This this book also just made me think like how far removed do I currently feel from even my own like cultural background? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I I was thinking about the other day how like I've never made like tortillas from stra- from scratch,
1: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but
0: like my grandmother still does, you know, mm-hmm. and things like this. And I'm like, it made me think about like, I don't even have that level of uh, creation with nature. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like mm-hmm. even on that small basis of like creating something out of from the raw from, like, from raw materials from nature I am instead buying it yeah. even though I could make it mm-hmm. and it's like man <laughs> <laughs> god damn even, even on that level I could I could be you know doing something differently to at least feel more like oh it in this regard with nature I am you know having a relationship and making and appreciating um something natural to make something else out of it.
1: Exactly, and it's doing it for yourself, but it's also doing it for everybody yeah. else I'm and not for a nature. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'm not a nature.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm not emitting a bunch of fossil fuels to create so much shit to be shipped off in every which direction to be purchased by other people, mm-hmm. right? I would be one person having a uh, a more intimate relationship with nature in that regard. Right. And instead I'm going to Target and buying... Potatoes made by somebody white, probably too, like (laughs) in a plastic bag that I'm gonna throw away. Uh, Yeah, it's it's wasteful and it's not. It's truly I'm not giving myself the ability to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with nature. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Disregard, (laughs) (laughs) disregard. (laughs) Um, do you have uh any like favorite lines you want to mention? I have so many.
1: Okay. Um, one I really liked was. I mean, I liked everything comparing Eve and Sky Woman, which was mm-hmm. like page seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked, okay, page 158. Let's flip to our opener books, children, to page 158. <laughs> um, and it, I smile when I hear my colleagues say, I discovered X. That's kind of like Columbus (laughs) claiming to have discovered America. It was here all along. It's just that he didn't know it. Experiments are not about discovery, but about listening and translating the knowledge of other beings. Yes. I liked that.
0: I have a kind of similar vibe quote from 106. Mm -hmm. Hand over heart, we recited the Pledge of Allegiance. The pledge was a puzzlement to me, as I'm sure it is to most students. I had no earthly idea what a republic even was. (laughs) And was none too sure about God either. And you didn't have to be an eight-year-old Indian to know that, quote, liberty and justice for all, end quote, was mm-hmm. a questionable premise. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yep. I, I I think I stopped doing the pledge in middle school.
0: Yeah, I stopped doing it in high school.
1: Yeah. I think I for a while I would still stand mm-hmm. and just like, okay. And then I start, I was like, eh, I'm not even going to stand for this shit. Like, yeah, I'm over it. This is Do you recall bullshit. ever having
0: teachers tell you you had to stand?
1: I, no, I never had a teacher tell me to stand. I had one very zealous, um, is that the word? Like, he fucking lived for America. He loved, <laughs> loved it. And he goes, because you were an American, you were allowed to sit. Like, he goes, wow. it is be- yeah, like, he gave, like, he go- it was in a very bitter way, like, you should be standing, but, like, it is because of this great country that you are allowed to disrespect it. <laughs> like, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting perspective. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, whatever. Let me just... Um, I'm going to just sit then. Yeah. You do you, boo. Whatever.
0: <laughs> you want to um, go next?
1: Yeah. Okay. And then I have some later on. 357. Um, And it was... Oops. I think it was ultimately like naturalists live in a world of wounds that only they can see this is when the um the salamanders i think were crossing okay, the road okay. mm-hmm. and then also on page 359 this like this made me shed a tear a little bit um Here, here, here. The world is more than your thoughtless commute. We, the collateral, are your wealth, your teachers, your security, your family. Your strange hunger for ease should not mean a death sentence for the rest of creation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bit of perspective
1: there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'll just do my last one and then you can go. Yeah. So 374... Uh, Oh, I already said this one. It was like, I fear that a world made of gifts cannot coexist with a world made of commodities. And then also, like, this isn't, there wasn't necessarily one line, but it was when she was talking about they were cleaning up the lake. And it was the whole discussion on this lake that was the most sacred part. And then now is like the most polluted lake, you Mm -hmm. know? And they were trying to figure out like who's going to be financially responsible for cleaning this up. And ultimately, it. Did it wasn't good enough, and the way they were doing it um, was just like, okay, that's pathetic. But um, what she said was, like, you do not prescribe a band aid for cancer, yeah. And that's what it's like, that's the thing. I think that's the way that so many like government, the way that governments are trying to deal with climate change and whole like because okay, maybe they don't have the money to clean things up or make certain changes, so they're making corporations and things responsible but corporations are like at the heart of what they are are going to find the cheapest way to do it right and in every sense of the word they are trying in every sense of this whole sentence they are trying to put a band-aid over a cancer Mm -hmm. and it's not going to work like it is simply just not going to work that way yeah so yeah Um, okay I'm done
0: okay I have one on 152 Mm -hmm. responsibility to the tree makes everyone pause before beginning sometimes i have the same sense when i face a blank sheet of paper for me writing is an act of reciprocity with the world it is what i can give back in return for everything that has been given to me and now there's another layer of responsibility writing on a thin sheet of tree and hoping the words are worth it such a thought could make a person set down her pen i was like yeah i feel like more people should be (laughs) thinking Mm -hmm. about that right like (laughs) Maybe more people should be putting
1: down their pen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> wait. Wait. Oh, my mm. God. Okay. This was really funny. So I really like one of my professors yesterday. He goes, he was like, oh, yeah, I was talking to my colleague. And he just goes on tangents. This entire class was, were just tangents. And he it took us 50 minutes to get through class in our introductions with 15 people because he kept going. He had stories to tell about what anybody would say. Um, anyways. He goes, I heard the best insult ever yesterday. <laughs> okay. And we're like, what? And he goes, I read a book. And I, he goes, I told this person, or he didn't, he goes, I heard it, but like he didn't say it. He goes, this person said, I read a book that should have stayed a tweet. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can think of a lot of books like that. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I only have one more. Uh, I mean, I marked like a lot of things in this, book, but, but yeah. I I picked three that were
1: that were worth to present. Big one. Yes,
0: um, on one seventy nine, cautionary stories of the consequences of taking too much are ubiquitous in native cultures, but it's hard to recall a single one in English. Perhaps mm-hmm. this helps to explain why we seem to be caught in a trap of overconsumption, which is as destructive to ourselves as to those we consume. And I was like hmm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great point <laughs> yeah that is a great point um do you have any further remarks
1: i think i for me so i donate most of my books mm-hmm. um and i keep the ones that like really really just move me or are a part of series that like the next one's coming out in two years mm-hmm. um <laughs> So that I like, I'm gonna have to reread, and this one I will keep forever, I think. Um, yeah. And I will try to lend it out to as many people as I can. Like it, and I think too. This is like it was so dense with information. I there were parts that I didn't digest well enough, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to, like, I'm excited to pick this up again and go back and really like take more time with certain passages and certain concepts, I guess, and just really like, okay, how can I translate this to my life? And how can... Right. What can, like what more can I do with this? And how can I implement this? I guess. Right.
0: I, I feel that. I feel that. This is definitely like... When I went to get this book from my local bookstore,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was... I noticed that it was quite literally on the uh, top... I don't know, 20 best-selling nonfiction books at the mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. shelf, and it was, like, number six.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, obviously, like, Portland is a place where this would be pretty popular, I right. Um, But I was very much, like, that made me more curious about it, you know, yeah. because mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of it before you you chose it for the pod. Um, mm-hmm. And post-reading it, now I'm like, I feel the urge to tell everyone about this book. Yeah.
1: You yeah. know, like,
0: I, I couldn't shut – like, I felt so pretentious, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't shut the fuck up about it when I was reading it. Like, everybody who I talked to was like, oh, what are you reading right now? I was like, oh. Let me <laughs> let tell, me tell let you. Let me tell you. And you should pick it up, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's very – It's very accessible, like the reading of it is not hard to get through, you know, even Mm -hmm. the sciencey parts are not like it's very well explained in a way that makes sense. Yes. And I think that that's really important for people who maybe don't actively search out books like this you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who are not actively trying to change the way that they're interacting with the natural world and stuff like that. Or just
1: like the way they're learning. Like they're not Yeah, or the way they're learning.
0: So I I think that this is one of those reads where I think anybody can pick this up. Everybody should. And everybody should. (laughs) I agree. I agree.
1: (laughs) Like honestly, any environmentalist, any person who like wants to care or does care about you know our future with climate change or even like just loves to spend time outside it just helps you like better understand that type of relationship and like where we should go how we should look at things and there was another line where it was like changing the practices isn't enough like we also have to change the relationship and change what at what is at heart because absolutely it's like policies will not cut it if like our behavior and our like overall perspective on how we mesh and work with the natural world does not Mm -hmm. change yeah exactly yeah
0: um shall we rate yes you want to go first
1: I'm gonna do a five star. Yeah,
0: me too. Yeah. <laughs> this was, and you know what's really interesting is I all the time think, oh my God, I love reading fiction more than I love reading nonfiction. But ev- almost every time I've picked up a nonfiction book in the last two years, it's been a five. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just because we have really good taste. But also, <laughs> um, <laughs> like this was just such uh like a slap in the face for me, this book. I, it yep. was like, wake the up. the best you are, way possible. Yeah, in the best way possible. It was like, you are quite literally a cog in the machine. Yes. And you were not born to be a cog in the machine. You no. just are.
1: So reconsider. Like, it's literally like, <laughs> no wonder everybody is so anxious and depressed. <laughs> literally. Like, we are living and behaving in a way that, like, it goes so far against our nature yeah it's
0: unnatural the way that we're existing
1: yeah literally to a t (laughs) i know i'm like i'm so excited to bring in like i feel like over the next week i'm gonna like take more notes and have specific passages from this book because one of my classes is capitalism and nature Ooh, and i'm like i want to come in with this book and just be like everybody read this like yes
0: you should recommend it to your professor oh
1: I 100% will (laughs) you little kiss ass (laughs) I know right I'll be like honestly I will might lose no I won't lose respect but I might question his teaching a little bit if he has not yet read this book like I just feel like or like this
0: book when does this come out um I don't actually know
1: neither do I I can Google it really quick. Let me Google. I'm on my Uh, 2013.
0: Okay. Is the copyright date. He has no excuse. This professor should. True. True. Like, Yeah. 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 I'm curious too, like, uh, regarding anybody who teaches, like, environmental science-based classes as well. Like, Mm -hmm. how much of that is super whitewashed and how much of that should you be considering other perspectives on? True. Mm-hmm. Maybe made me think of people we know. Yep. That I was like, I bet they haven't read this. Yeah. Why would they care about anything but white people thoughts?
1: Um. Okay. <laughs> uh. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> I just want to say I think I bought this book because my local bookstore didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I just like the ultimate co- like the fucking contradiction of I ordered <laughs> it on, this on Amazon <laughs> off Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. that's Like ooh that feels Mm so icky and depressing yep Yep. and i'm glad like but it's like okay that's kind of like goes back to like the short term what do you do right now Mm -hmm. because it matters right now versus like in the future it's like okay so getting the information out and making it as as accessible as possible Mm -hmm. to as many people as possible it's like you do that now for a better future
0: yeah, I mean, I'm sure even Robin Wall Kimmerer is considering the fact that it's being sold on Amazon. Yeah, she's making money from it, right? Yeah, I, mean, I know that's what I was there's thinking also too. That in there, so. But at what cost is education? You know, so I and, I think,
1: and it's like like
0: you the, said, it's accessible and it and should like, be. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like that's the thing about like I don't know, like this comes to like with misogyny and the patriarchy and all these things, and it's like existing in a capitalist system to like. To what extent do you have to sacrifice your own moral mm-hmm. standings in order to <laughs> exist comfortably in like a society like this?
0: What was the name of that class we took in high school? Because you just literally made a question that sounds like it came from that class. T.O.K. Yeah, yeah, where we had to journal and shit.
1: To what Theory extent? Of I was like, oh no, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I'm triggered. I'm triggered. But it was a good. It was a great T.O.K. question. It was because it's like you do have I I saw a TikTok recently where it's like you shouldn't hate women who do what they can to adjust their appearance in order to more comfortably exist in a society that benefits people who look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, like if they're finding if they're finding an easier way to exist and participate in a society like you can't blame them for that. Like, it's, like, for your own moral standings, it's, like, okay, you may not want to shave or do certain things or whatever or put on makeup, but it's, like, you cannot fault the women who do because they – it's, like, it is a less violent existence if they do, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with, like, capital – it's, like, uh, criticizing your own behavior in this type of system is so difficult, and it goes back to, like, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. (laughs) Yeah yeah oh <sighs> don't
0: you love just having a, a little little quarter life crisis yeah
1: <laughs> give it <laughs> granted if like quarter meaning <laughs> we live <laughs> to <100, laughs> a hundred
0: absolutely we are past <laughs> the quarter mark oh no
1: oh no you're gonna give me
0: another crisis thinking about third,
1: that. one third life crisis oh, probably
0: no. oh no okay that's where we're gonna leave it
1: for this episode um,
0: <laughs> Do with that what you will, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed in this episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Host Discord server via the link in the show notes, or send us an email at hardcoverhostpod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon.
1: I'm Sammy Scorstad.
0: And this has been an episode. I am so so <laughs> okay, you know. a
1: little sad.
0: <laughs> and this has been an episode of Hardcover Hoes. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next books on our to be read list are The Poppy War Trilogy by R. F. Kuang. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.